The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. I know we've been covering it ad nauseum since it happened. We had the Lakers show over the weekend. We had yesterday's Fantasy NBA Today. Uh, but I want to make sure that I get everybody's reaction to the craziness of the weekend. I, I know it's a, there's a carryover effect. There's a little bit of a hangover thing going on. Uh, and I, we may talk about it briefly on every single show all week long. And that's okay because it's the biggest story in the NBA. And so today, you don't have to listen to me necessarily go on a rant. I'm going to try to keep my ranting to a minimum, at least before we get into the, the meat of today's show. Uh, but I make no promises about the wonderful, the magnificent Neil Rochelani. I don't know if you got a rant up your sleeve. Neil, Dan Vesper's here with you on Fantasy NBA Today. Uh, what's happening, my man? Hey, I've always got a rant up my sleeve. So are you are you going to call yeah. some? I want, I want you to call one thing stupid per show. Yes, yes. I will... Uh... I can honor that. Um, if it's not myself, I'll find something else to call stupid. So we'll figure that out. Terrific. Um, yeah, I'm doing okay. Yeah, the NBA is just crazy. Um, the Kawhi Leonard stuff. I guess we're still kind of in the aftershock of that. I, that's a. I'm not going to use that word. That's terrible. Yeah, um, but too course, soon. Yeah, I, too... I actually didn't even mean that until I came out of my mouth. It's actually um, okay. I don't think there were any deaths. So uh, we can. Yeah. Not. I mean, it's not like something we're going to joke about constantly, but. You know, if something slips out like that, we're, I'm not going to edit it out. <laughs> if 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 there was yeah. a if there was a significant like tragic element to all of this, then yeah. But good pun, Neil. Even if you did it by accident. <laughs> well, what I was going to say is, you know, what I think the most fascinating thing about this whole thing is one, there was rumors all season long that he was going to the Clippers. Two rumors came out that he was going elsewhere, and then three. Nothing ever leaked, which in this day and age is just amazing. Yeah, the only thing that leaked from basically the entire process was his conversation with Magic. Yeah, and maybe that they wanted to leak that. Like, I don't like to get leverage over the Clippers. I don't know. It's almost impossible to know. Uh, Chris Haynes was talking on Monday on some radio show. I think it might have been Jim Rome. He said, oh, you know, Magic's leak probably didn't help the Lakers. But then at the very end of that whole thing, he said, yeah, he's probably going to the Clippers anyway. So, like, it did, did it matter? No, maybe, no. He went from it kind of mattered to it probably didn't matter at all. Still, I come back to the same thing here, Neil, and it seems like, and God love it, because I'm an Angelino, have been, I've moved around a little bit, but, you know, born and raised in L.A. So Magic Johnson is like, local he's he is the permanent mayor he's the ambassador to la but that dude cannot stop talking about anything just stop talking for a minute it's almost god i hate to say it it kills me every time i do but i and i've said it a few times now the more we hear from magic the more it seems like he was one of the roots of the Laker problems last year in that front office that he just sort of wasn't around enough, but talks an awful lot. It crushes me. Yeah. Well, I mean, guys that are great at sports are always great at everything else. Yeah, but he's an amazing businessman, right? Like, oh yes, yes, yes. He's an amazing businessman. It seems. Um, I don't know how he must have a strong team behind him though. Cause, cause sometimes when I hear him commentating, it's not the most insightful. No, um, or or his Twitter feed for that matter. Oh, his Twitter um, is is absolutely <laughs> hilarious. He is like the charisma that oozes out of that dude could fill multiple buildings. Though I went to a uh, a buddy of mine who's a Lakers season ticket holder, and so it's it's really good to have uh, friends who are season ticket holders to things. And he they they had like a little season ticket holder meet and greet thing. It was in the very early morning. You had to be at Staples Center at like seven a.m. on a weekend. Uh, but Magic was going to be hosting a, a question and answer. So I was like, hell yeah, I'm going. And we, we rolled in, and I mean, there couldn't have been more than about maybe like 250 people at this thing. So it wasn't, well, maybe it was like 300, 400, either way. And Magic's just answering questions, and he's, he's got that big Magic smile. And like everyone in the arena, you can feel, you just feel happier when you're around the guy. So you can understand what an incredible salesman he could be or is with that type of power to sort of command a room, but also 
you got to work and you got to know when to not say something to be part of an NBA front office nowadays. And it's looking more and more like maybe he doesn't sort of know where that line is because the Lakers' other moves, when they missed on Kawhi, plan B has actually looked pretty decent for them so far. Oh, yeah. They've got some, like you talked about Danny Green, I heard today, and how important he's going to be to this team. And they seem to be head in the right direction as a franchise after a few years in the wilderness. So oh. this is good. Yeah. I mean, so I don't, I mean, I don't know who has, whose idea it was last year to bring in uh, a bunch of non shooting ball handlers, but they've obviously figured out that wasn't the move. Cause now it's like Lakers three point shooters are, you know, Danny green is like the best in the NBA on open threes. And then, uh, Troy Daniels is up among the best in the NBA and Jared Dudley and all these names are just like, Oh, okay. I get it. They've, um, they tried something last year when they knew they weren't going to win. And now anyway, whatever, this isn't the Lakers hour. I really mostly wanted to know, Neil, what were you asleep when the news broke? Cause that would have been like one fifteen your time. Yo, yeah, I was actually uh, vacationing. So I actually did not know until about, I don't know, 20 hours later, I wasn't oh actually God. on my phone. So I didn't even know until, uh, much after the fact. Holy and moly. I was not surprised by Kawhi going there. It was the Paul George that was shocking. Oh, so. don't get me started again. I mean, I wasted half of yesterday. Oh, yeah, I, I heard your rant. Yes, uh, today on the show. Can we just Okay. <laughs> all right. You know what? Screw it. I'm back into the I'm back into rant mode. I still can't figure out why and it's not just Paul George. It's a lot of these guys. Why don't they just take meetings with teams? What is the intense hurry to announce your destination? negative 30 minutes from the moratorium period. Like, I actually really like what Kawhi Leonard did. Take your time. Plot out your course if you're a superstar. Now, obviously, if you're, you know, a role player, mid-tier guy, you go where you go, and you're probably not going to have a whole lot of leverage. You take the place that's going to either give you the most money or the best chance to win. You're probably not going to be able to build your own thing. But, like, Paul George would have had a bunch of suitors last year. It wasn't just Oklahoma City. There are a number of teams that would have extended him a max offer. Why not just take a meeting and say, you know what? I just spent a year with Russell Westbrook. It wasn't my favorite, uh, but hashtag unfinished business. Screw it. We're doing it again. We're running it back. I mean, that just like take two days, meet with somebody else, plot your future so that you don't get stuck in this. What if, what if this Kawhi Leonard thing didn't come along? Then Paul George has got three years left on that contract. Would he have made his trade demands public with three years left on the contract? Did he just get intensely lucky that Kawhi Leonard came along at the right time? I don't understand, Neil, why guys don't take meetings and take their time a little bit. What's the hurry? They're not playing for four months. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, logically, it makes sense. I just think there's a lot. Well, I mean, this will get into, like, psychoanalysis, but... Do it! I mean, it's a, Screw well, it! Well, I mean, these guys, as, as, as intense of athletes they are in focus and drive and all that, they also have these pressures that are really pushing them to sign. Like, OKC must have really pressured them to want to make that extension, right? And Russ is probably pressuring him. Um, who knows what else is going on in his camp? Who knows how he feels about certain players and maybe his ability to say no. I mean, you know what I mean? Like it might be hard sometimes. I guess, that but that's why you got to have yeah. a good representation. You need to have an agent. That's like, it's okay, Paul, they're not going to pull your $140 million offer. You're a superstar. Take all the time you need. Don't worry about this stuff. Turn your phone off. I don't care. Uh, because look, I mean, just looking in from the outside, and you can't blame all of it on Russell Westbrook, whatever problems people have with Oklahoma City. I'm sure, you know, it's far from home. We know he wanted to go back home a year before that, get back to Southern California, which he did. Uh, but, like, look at Kawhi. He, he, I'm sure, felt plenty of pressure to re-sign with Toronto, but he took meetings. He plotted his course. He decided, hey, look, if the Clippers can pull this off, this is where I'm going. If not, maybe I do go back. Maybe I go to the Lakers. You give yourself some avenues. You take a little bit of time because if you're in that top, whatever it is, 5-10% of the NBA, the money's going to be out there for you. It's not going away, and it wasn't going away for Paul George. Dude looked like a superstar two years ago, and even more so this last year. So, uh, you know, I, I mean, I just, I just don't get what the incredible hurry is, and I also don't get how he didn't... <laughs> I know there's like a weird bubble. There's a, like a magical fog that goes on that called adrenaline. But 
Neil, I mean, you and I, we're we're not. I would like Forrest Gump over here. We're not brilliant people, but we can see looking at the Thunder that playing with Russell Westbrook is probably not the most fun thing in the world unless you're a spot up shooter. Yeah, that that is the most bizarre thing because he knew, and, and like you said earlier, I think on a on a prior show is that he he must have known like Russ's style of play and what he was getting into. Exactly, and and sort of like the. Um, these guys know the game of basketball way more than I do. So they, he must know what's going to happen when he's out there playing with this guy, even before he steps on the court with him. So I, I don't understand it either after one year why he would sign back up unless there are things we don't know. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, so. so it was brought to my attention too, and I, I had a long discussion on Twitter with a guy named Ty from uh, from the Mitten in Michigan, the the Michigan as they call it. Uh and he said, like, what about teams that make bad decisions and try to get out from under, which is actually a really good point. And I, and I sat and I thought about it for a while, and I thought, I don't, think I, can, I don't think I can really get all my thoughts on this out on Twitter. So the examples that he used were John Wall and Blake Griffin, which obviously turned out to be some pretty nasty-looking contracts for the teams involved with them. And then the Clippers were able to get out from under theirs. But the, the other side of that, I think, is the teams... If they don't, let's say the Clippers did not extend an offer to Blake Griffin, then they have one of the faces of their franchise, the history of the Clippers. He's one of the faces of them walking for nothing. So I, I think there's a bigger incentive as the team to sign, to just give the big offer sheet to a superstar without considering the alternative. Whereas as the player, you are going to have multiple offers, and so you're actually sort of picking from locations and futures, whereas for the team, it's very much a binary thing. Either you do or you don't have the guy. Uh, and so for a lot of these teams, it's like, okay, well, you know what? We're going to get the guy, and then if it's a horrible contract, maybe we can move it, or you know, the alternative is worse, which is not having a superstar, not having some other superstar, and having a whole lot of salary to spread to who knows who. So I think that might be a little bit why... Uh, teams are a little bit more willy-nilly with this type of stuff. I just, of all of the long-term extensions that have been signed out there, this one, the Paul George one, was the one that was such a head-scratch. Even at the time, it was like, oh, wow, he he must really love playing with these guys. And then it was like, really? Like a couple months later, that's when reality set in? So anyway, that, whatever. I I I said I wasn't going to get into it, and then I got into it anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. What, what's the last um, few? Do- what, no, what about- I, I totally yeah. agree with you there. But I think, I mean, I, I think teams. I wonder how much that pressure is real. How much is self-created about the? Fa- it's, you're, you're thinking of doing it because of the fan base, right? Like the Blake Griffin thing. Like, uh, don't worry that if they don't do it, the fans might turn on them, or they might have to lose their fans and have to build them up. I mean, that makes well, sense. You, uh, yes. You're talking about from the team's perspective? Yes. Yeah. Is that, I, you, is I, no, that the pressure you think they feel? Or you no, not really. Else? I think that it's just you either have your superstar or you don't. And so, you know, just letting a guy walk, which is basically what the, the Hornets just did, that's kind of a worst-case scenario, right? Like, if you weren't going to re-sign your superstar, you should have traded them. Mm-hmm. So the only choice you should not make as the team is, is letting the superstar walk for nothing. You either need to trade them before their for their earlier contract expires or try to re-sign them even if it's a bad contract and then you just deal with it because you know you can you have bird rights and stuff like that so you can go over the salary cap for these guys uh so that gives you a little bit more wiggle room. Now the John Wall one is obviously the ultimate example because he signed the Supermax and then basically his entire body exploded. And so, obviously, that's a terrible contract. But I'm betting that if the Wizards went back, they'd probably do it again because just having him walk would have made them exponentially worse, and then you're just sort of starting over again. And for a lot of franchises, I think we have to look at it from a different perspective. A lot of teams out there, the Lakers are the exception and not the rule. The Celtics are kind of an exception and not the rule. Most teams are looking for success. It's not all or nothing the way some of the the more premier franchises in the NBA are. So for a team like Washington to go from competitive with some fans to just losing your superstar and then losing a lot of games and hoping you can get another really good draft pick to pan out, that's not a good alternative. So that's why I think they throw the money at these guys because the alternative looks worse. I don't begrudge 
players taking control of their future. Uh, I don't begrudge teams taking control of their future. It's the nature of the beast. The thing that continues to weird me out on this entire process is how on earth, how could, how could it be so obvious to all of us and so not obvious to those folks in, in Paul's camp? And, like, again, it wasn't like there weren't other choices out there. There were a lot of teams that would have loved to have Paul George and put him with another superstar that might have been a little, e- little bit easier to get along with, but I'm getting off topic again. On the team side, just to finish that thought, I don't think they're worried about the fans. I think they're worried about having nothing because you either have a thing or you don't have a thing, and they didn't trade him, so you kind of have to try at that point. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on the franchise. I think the Clippers could be fine. But anyway, um, I don't it's know. Los Angeles. It's Los Angeles. Well, let, let me, right, let me just, let I, want, I want to bring up more thing on, the, on this team thing. Yeah. So, but I, I guess the one asterisk is if you're going to win the championship, then maybe you don't do it. Like Kevin Durant last year, right? The Golden State wasn't foolish for not trading him, knowing that he was going to leave at the end of the season. Um. Yeah. I mean, it depends. Did, did they know for sure he was going to go? Well, let, let's let's say they were ninety-five percent sure he was going. Would you trade them if you're Golden State's front office? No, before because you right yeah. because they want to win. They want to take the trophy, and then if he walks, who cares? Right? I, yeah, right, that makes right. sense. Um, who did who did the Clippers? The Clippers got back Tobias Harris and Avery Bradley and some. And did they send away picks or did they get picks in that? The oh, Blake God. Griffin trade. I got to go way back here. I can't remember what I had for breakfast yesterday. Dan. Two th- I, the yeah. year was two thousand and seventeen. The Cold War was in full effect. Uh, let's see. This was Blake Griffin, Willie Reed, and Bryce Johnson for Tobias Harris, Boban, and Avery Bradley. Oh, they got a first and a second round pick back in that trade. What? Oh, are wow. You... Detroit, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Detroit was, oh, God, so desperate, I guess. That's crazy. Yikes. Yeah, that yeah. was the 2018 first rounder. I don't know who that became. for. The... Was that the, Shea, the, the pick that became Shea Gilgis-Alexander? <laughs> I don't know who their picks were that year. I don't know if it was, they must have more than one, right? We, so we, I don't know who else. We need to like bat phone Brandon Marcus in here, our our oh, yes. Clippers expert. Oh my god, yes, he's, he's, he's no for sure. In any event, um, so that's why, right? Like they either had a superstar or they found a taker for a superstar, and they actually got assets out of it because then they traded Tobias Harris and they got more picks, right? They got more assets in the Tobias Harris trade to Philadelphia. Um, and then they parlayed those assets into Paul George. Yeah, I believe it was um, – I believe Jerry West wasn't there when they signed that contract. Then Jerry mm-hmm. West came in, and then he made the move to get rid of Blake. Yep. That's cold-blooded. No, but I mean I think he's – if you don't have a good GM, I don't care how smart your owner is or successful. They can do some dumb things. Um, so, yeah. He's – uh, you got to do stuff when people are not looking for it. That's that's the big key. He traded Blake Griffin yeah. long before anybody was was expecting it to happen. And that's really, I mean, if you're Oklahoma City yes. and you know Paul George is getting disgruntled, that's when you make the move. The only thing that this helped for the Thunder is the Clippers knew they had no choice or Kawhi was probably going to Toronto or the Lakers. So that created a lot of leverage. And uh, by the way, Oklahoma City not done we suppose we have to talk about this a little bit, don't we? Jeremy Grant traded to the Denver Nuggets for a first-round pick. That's already done. And they are officially entertaining offers for Russell Westbrook. So that is full teardown mode in Oklahoma City. And, Neil, the question I have for you is, what's going to happen to poor Mike Muscala? <laughs> <laughs> I heard they're, they're, they're allowing them to reevaluate their contracts. Yeah. You see that? Yeah, they did. Yeah. They let Alec Burks out of his, and he signed yeah. with who? The, what was it? Uh, hell, where did he end up? It wasn't the Warriors. They signed somebody else. Alec Burks signed somewhere else today, or uh, Monday already. It happened that fast. It happened. Yeah. But I actually think OKC's not in a bad shape. They got a lot of great assets. It was turn. the Warriors, right. by the way. I got that right. Okay. Yeah, they Fair got enough. a lot of assets, but here's the thing, though. Uh, yeah. I mean, these are over, like, seven years. There's a very real chance that none of this stuff pans out. Like, there's a lot of Heat picks in there, some Clippers picks. The Heat are going to be fringy, right? They'll be at the very end of the lottery or, the like, the last one or, last one or two playoff teams to get in. These are probably not going to turn into top eight picks for the Thunder. This is going to be, like, a decade's worth of pick number 17 that's that could be nothing 
It could be, but also picks are assets that can be traded. So we'll see how they play it out. Sam yeah. Press is a very good GM. They'll, he'll figure out a way to rebuild, I think. Yeah. Not- yeah. I mean, if you're trading Russ away, it's going to be a road, man. It's going to be a road. You need to hit the lottery. You need to yes. get a Zion, a sure bet like a Zion. That's why everybody's so happy about the Pelicans. Yeah, they got a lot of young guys and they got a bunch of assets, but if they didn't have Zion coming out of this thing, I don't think they'd be so optimistic. No, you're right, but Presti did draft three MVPs, so he's got something. Yeah, he's got, be he's got nice. a history there of drafting well. It'd be nice if he could keep one of them. <laughs> yeah, well, right? it, is, it is this Oklahoma City. Give the guy a break. Um, we'll see if he sticks around. Sam. I don't mean to bash on Oklahoma City, but it's not a, it's not a, uh, it's not a player's destination, let's just say that. No, it is not. Sam Presti, fantastic GM, and his quote on the business card should be, we can't have nothing nice around here. <laughs> poor, poor Sam Presti. I mean, he's, he's really done some pretty impressive stuff there. I don't know how he's convinced all these people to sign an OKC over the years. Um, he's had OKC relevant for 10 years. That is pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. how excited are you for the prospect of Steven Adams getting moved? Because Nerland's Noel has me so jazzed up over here right now. Oh my. Oh, yes. my. oh my. He could be a he could be a fantasy gold mine next year. He reevaluated um, his how, contract. How is his state. percentages? Let me look those up. Are they really bad? Uh free throw? Yeah. It's what I would classify as meh. That's the medical term for it. <laughs> is it? Is that what your wife taught yeah. you? Meh. <laughs> meh. It's a medical meh. Uh, his free throw percent is like I think it was around seventy last year. Have you pulled it up? Oh, yet? that's fine. Oh, I'd love him. Yeah. yeah, I think it was uh, 60, 68 and a half last year on very yeah, few. That, for a big man that uh, you don't expect to shoot well, that's great. I mean, you can make that up pretty easily. On I don't think it'll be high volume. So, um, our good friend Alex Rickling, who's been on this podcast a couple of times, pointed out that Nerlens Noel was actually a top ten NBA player on a per thirty six basis last year. Problem. Problem, anyone? He played 14 minutes a game. <laughs> yeah, I don't see him getting more than mid-20s, but that would still be plenty. That would be plenty. Oh, mid-20s? Yes. My God, he had a stretch this year where he was playing 14 minutes, and he was in a top 100. <laughs> right? He is a, he's a defensive stat magnet. Uh, he's fantastic out there, and his field goal percentage is almost 60%. That yeah. is so good. 14 yeah. minutes a game, 2.1 combined steals and blocks. 2.1. You're looking at three, Dan, if he gets to mid-20s. Oh, yeah. An easy three in yeah. mid-20s. That's, uh, oh, my God. I'll lose, I will lose my mind over here. I will create the Nerlens Noel hype train uh, because my poor our hoop ball prodigal son, Rashawn Holmes, is buried on a king's depth chart these days. Uh, here's the actual thing we're going to talk about today. Futures, ladies and gentlemen, because with all of this madness going on, Vegas has had to reassess some things. And before we dig into futures, I want to remind everybody that if we've bored you into a state of slumber, you can wake yourself up with Little Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee. Oh, yeah. H.I. Kona Coffee on Twitter. HawaiianIsles.com is the website. You can just search for Hawaiian Isles or Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee or any combination of the names that go into their company name and you can find it on Amazon. Amazon Prime. I'm sending some to Trevor Lane uh, hopefully he'll then uh, give him a quick plug because he needs caffeine with the Lakers stuff going on. Juan Alice Kona Coffee, we love you, buddies. Uh, this is also a hoop ball presentation at Dan Baspers at Ball with Neil. I always say it once the right way at the beginning of the show, and then I'll make up a name at the end. <laughs> and uh, at Hoop Ball Fantasy. So Neil, um, we didn't talk about which teams we were going to discuss in the futures market, but. There was one thing that came up right before we hit the record button, and you wisely said, maybe we should just maybe we should just talk about this part on air. And this is the bottom feeders, because the futures market is littered with teams that have odds of 150 to 1 or worse. Phoenix is uh, dead last at uh, 250 to 1, I believe. They're, I'm looking at places that haven't fully adjusted stuff yet. They're 250 to 1. I'm not seeing any others... Uh, no, that's it. A couple of 150s, Memphis, Detroit, Cleveland, Chicago, Charlotte, they're 150 to 1. Washington is 150 to 1. Sacramento, Atlanta, uh, New York, these are teams that are in the 100 to 125 range. The, the, why, why even bother, right? I mean, is there any tiny sliver of a chance that those teams could win a title this year? No, the NBA, there's no chance those teams could win. It's the one sport where if you don't 
Well, you you know, basically, you can knock 20 teams out before the season even starts, right? Yeah. At, well, uh, I mean, yeah. Sometimes I mean, more. Maybe not Maybe not 20. But yeah, like last year, it was like... It was like 28. <laughs> <laughs> I was, was going to say 29, but then Toronto came back. But yeah. no, you can knock literally 27 out without even sweating anything. Yeah, and even this year where you could argue there's a little bit more parity coming up, you still can probably knock about 22, 23 of them out, right? Yeah, and they have they literally have zero percent chance. So why are they? Like there, would, there would have to be like twenty eight plane crashes. I, yeah, that was terrible. I, heaven I, I, I heaven that forbid. Awful to say. You morbid. But no, they would they would have to be something like that catastrophic, right? For like someone like Phoenix to win the championship. Neil is getting dark today, folks. I am so sorry. <laughs> Just... uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I how does Phoenix? What's the I point? What's yeah, the they point? Would, yeah, well, I don't understand. And you, there's no way you can hedge off it. Like, even if they got to the playoffs, like, you couldn't really – I guess you could find a way to hedge. But, it, but here's it would, the thing. Let me – I'm yeah. going to walk up to you, and I'm going to say yeah. to you, hey, Neil, if you give me $100 and Phoenix wins the title, I'm going to give you $25,000 and $100 back. There's something about those numbers being that huge where somebody's just going to be like, ah, what the hell? Right? Right. Well, people play the lottery every day, Dan. You got a better chance of winning the lottery, I think. Than... <laughs> Phoenix, if you're going to bet $100 on the Phoenix Suns, go buy 50 lotto tickets. Please, Lord. I honestly think you have a better shot, yes. I think you do. I agree. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Phoenix has no chance. Um, I, I mean, of all the teams that I just listed that have odds of 100 to 1 or worse, the only one of those na- names that I threw in there, oh, the Magic, by the way, are at 100 to 1 also. I don't know if I said that. Uh, the Magic and the Kings are two teams where, you know, if something insane happened, you could see them, like, making a little headway in the playoffs. But even then, I don't think there's an argument you could make that, that they could get past some of the other teams. It would have to be a series of injuries, like you said, or, heaven forbid, plane oh, crashes. Gosh. Good Lord. Yeah. Charter, charter flights are <laughs> down everywhere. Uh, the, I mean, these are... These are not bad teams. Orlando, you know, they're a playoff team. Sacramento, maybe a playoff team this coming year. I don't know. Uh, and still they've got no shot. The teams at the bottom of the playoffs don't even have a shot to make it. Yeah, if this was a single elimination tournament, maybe you could say they have a – you know what I mean? They, they could pull it out. Because I, I don't know on every given night the Kings could compete against most teams. They're, they're a solid team. All right, so but let's – uh, oh, sorry. But they're go not going to win a seven-game series against a team like the Lakers or the Clippers ever. So, yeah. Or – at least yes. a handful of these other things. So let me let me pivot this thing, and mm. we'll start more towards the top. At the end of the pandemonium that was this last weekend, the Los Angeles Clippers of Anaheim are your sorry to force a habit here with the <laughs> the Angels. <laughs> the LA Clippers uh, are the betting favorites in Vegas right now at just three to one to win the title. That feels really pricey before a single game has been played this year. I get it. I know they're a good team. They put together a hell of a starting lineup. Uh, I mean, outside of Evita Zubats. But uh, three to one to have your money tied up for seven months? I, I don't I don't think there's a universe you could, you could convince me to bet on the Clippers at that price. No, it's horrible. I mean, that's, those odds are going to get better. Don't you think they're going to um, struggle in the beginning? We already, we already know we're taking the under on the win total, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, unless yeah. a lot of people are doing the same thing, but I doubt they are. I, I mean, with all the hype around both L.A. teams right now, I feel like you should be able to hammer unders, but we're not even at the Lakers yet. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't touch this with a 10-foot pole. I think if you believe in the Clippers, the time you get in on a future wager was either before all this stuff happened or after they go through their learning curve. How do we know when that is? Well, it's tough to say. I mean, you know, we saw... Like remember the big three in Miami, they opened up five and five. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the Clippers, you know, play five hundred ball the first two or three weeks of the year. Maybe you see that number comes down a little bit. I don't know. Someone else would have to get off to a really hot start, though. Um, and that could be um, that could be Golden State. They could get off to a hot start. Oh yeah, don't worry. That would that's on my list here. I want to do the Lakers. Yeah. I want to do the Lakers next because they are now the second. Most likely, just based on the betting number, which again, obviously, artificially depressed by uh, Los Angeles basketball fans. Lakers are at four to one. So uh, your two LA teams, three to one and four to one. Either, I mean, are you touching either one of those? 
No, but I think the LA is the better bet. If you had to pick one, I'd bet LA Lakers. Mm. If I was forced to make a bet. Interesting. Yeah. Is it just because it's four to one instead of three to one? What? Uh, give me some of your lines. Yeah, I think if, I think if they were the same odds, I would take the Clippers. But the it's a big difference, four to one to three to one. So I, I would take the mm. Lakers. Yeah. The third most likely. Yeah, that hmm, makes you think. Uh, makes me think you disagree. No, I just I don't think. I'm, well, I mean, I think we agree that neither one of us is betting either of these things. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, in a head-to-head battle, I've been running that scenario in my mind over and over again since all this stuff happened. It feels like it'd be a pretty damn good series. Oh yeah, I think it's a pretty close matchup. If you have LeBron at full strength and Anthony Davis is healthy, I don't care who else. And Danny, I mean. They're going to be, they're going to be competitive against anyone. Oh, they are. yeah. Everybody's worried <laughs> about guys missing games, and that might happen. But uh, my Lakers team is making the playoffs, and I, I think they're going to be pretty good. Especially, yeah. if, I mean, I don't know what to expect out of Boogie. But again, we're you know I want to get into too many of the the specifics here. Uh, third most likely team is Milwaukee at five to one. Uh, also seeing it in some places at seven to one. So probably somewhere in between those two things. Mm. Um, this is an interesting number. Because nobody's talking about the Bucks, with everybody talking about the Lakers and the Clippers, is five to one high enough to take a shot on Team Giannis? I'm a no, this, by the way, on this one. Yeah, this is the closest one to yes, but I'm still a no. Yeah, that's a no for me as well because we just just watched a Kawhi-led defense undress a Giannis team, and yeah. so. I mean, it feels to me like Milwaukee would actually sort of need a non-Clippers team to come out of the West. And they also lost Miritich, so that hurts. And Malcolm Brogdon. And Malcolm Brogdon. But here's the one thing. Um, I wanted to go back and run run an analysis on players. Like, like Giannis is not – every year he's gotten better. So I I still think he's going to get better. Well, I think Kawhi is not going to get better. Yeah, Kawhi looks sense. like he's trying to hold on to health throughout the yes. year because he's awesome, but his body is not he's not as durable as some of these other guys. Well, Giannis, I think his game is still developing and his um body as well. Do you think Giannis matter. can ever really develop a three point shot though? I don't know. I mean that's that's the big question, but I think he can develop um I think he can still develop enhanced skills in attacking the rim. Hmm. I don't think he's. I don't think he's done with that. Do you think it's going to be enough to get by a Kawhi Leonard, Paul George wing defense? It's going to be incredibly hard. We'll see who they pick <laughs> up. I have, I have a feeling though they'll get. You know, championship contenders always get players. You know, at the um, at some deadline to come on for the minimum. So we'll see if they get anyone that helps. I would give the Lakers a better chance of getting past the Clippers than the Bucks, just because of the Anthony Davis factor. Because the Clippers, their only weakness right now in looking at that Clippers roster is their their center position is not uh, electrifying defensively. And I know that they do like the Zubots thing as almost a placeholder until Montrez Harrell gets in. But mm-hmm. uh, Montrez is all energy. And it seems to me like the Lakers actually have the sort of front court pieces to deal with that. Uh, mm-hmm. Big backcourt advantage for the Clippers, though. <laughs> um Anyway, well, but the they, wings, though, LeBron, LeBron is trying on defense. you got Danny Green out there. That's pretty strong on the wings. Yeah, and you might see Anthony Davis on a wing if they're playing, oh God. If they're playing boogie center, which <laughs> yeah. they probably would. I mean, Yeah, I would, well, you're, you're not going to get a shot in the lane then at that point. Yeah. If they're running a Montrez Harrell thing, if I'm the Lakers, I might throw uh, one of my big guys out there just to try to bump him around a little bit because you know he's attacking. <laughs> he's attacking, but he'll get shut down. Yeah, I wonder how, how effective he would be in that series if he would have to be – Limited. Anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, so. we're getting way ahead of ourselves. But this is the fun. I mean, this is, this is nuts. There's four of the top ten players in the NBA are in Los Angeles right now. Okay, so Milwaukee is a no. Five to one is not enough. What about the next tier, which is led by Philadelphia at eight to one? Um, do they have enough shooting? Uh... Can Joe, can Ben Simmons learn how to shoot? No. That's gonna. He, he's not, is he? No, he's not. He's not. Like I'm. I like to think he's still on the upslope, but he's not on the upswing. God, I don't even know how to say these words. Um, 
but he's not he's, he's never going to how to shoot a three-pointer he can barely shoot a jump shot from outside 10 feet they're gonna have a killer front court uh, they're gonna you know if i were to make any bet so far it would be on philadelphia though i like them it's funny this i'm i'm this is almost like a, a love square it's not a triangle i got four teams involved <laughs> i got four teams locked in right now i feel like the lakers have a decent matchup advantage against the Clippers. I feel like the Sixers have an advantage against the Lakers. I feel like the Clippers have an edge against the Bucks. I feel like the Bucks have maybe an edge against the Six. It's a funny thing. Like, I don't think that any one of those teams is better than any other one, but when I look at the pieces, I feel like there isn't any one team that would, like, beat the other three. Does that make sense? Yeah, there's no clear cut. It's all the matchups, right? There's no team that's at the top of the pyramid what you're saying yeah because i feel like joel Embiid would neutralize the ad thing i feel like ad creates a little bit of an edge for the lakers over the clippers i feel like the clippers create an edge over teams that rely on wings like a ben simmons or a Giannis, because of their Kawhi and paul george but i I, like if the clippers come out of the west i think they win the championship If, if the lakers come out of the west i don't know if they do but if the clippers have to meet the lakers in the western conference finals i I think there's a decent chance the lakers might be I, i just it's amazing. What a wonderful thing. This is what the NBA's wanted is for teams to challenge the next club we're about to talk about in our futures battle here. The Golden State Warriors, they are back up now as high as 14 to 1 at some places with the moves happening elsewhere in the NBA. Folks have forgotten. Golden State, even without Kevin Durant, was a 73 win basketball team. And I know Clay Thompson's not doing back until February or March. Mm-hmm. But all they got to do is get in. Mm-hmm. No one's proven to be better than them yet. They're they're the by far the best odds to take right now. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, yes, it's not even close. They are a championship caliber team, like you said. When the the big three are healthy, we'll see. Y'all and Kevon Looney's coming back. That's correct. Yeah, correct. And they filled okay. in some other pieces. They got D'Angelo Russell to replace Kevin Durant, who you know whatever. Like I'm not a big D Russ fan, but he's uh, better than Quinn Cook. Exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah, and he's he's there with a lot of great players and great coaching staff. So I think he'll get better. Great players, great uh, coaching staff. They convinced. Yeah. Uh, they traded for Omari Spellman on Monday. I don't think that's relevant in too many respects outside of injury stuff. But they've been able to pull a few guys in there on the cheap. So, I mean, they're going to be okay. And I think that almost creates a little bit of a hedge opportunity as well if they make the playoffs and you're riding this fourteen to one team and. You know, I, I mean, there's a very real chance that they would lose to a Clipper or a Laker team in the playoffs as it mm-hmm. stands, but it'll be a hell of a battle, and I'm betting you wouldn't have to lay anything worse than 14-1 to 1 to get in on the other side if you wanted to and hedge your way through Golden State in the postseason. 14-1 to 1 is a fantastic bet. It came down quickly when it opened, and now it's moved back up again because of all this other movement. This is a wonderful time to get in on them. Yeah, I think I'm going to hop in on them right now. This is the lowest it's going to be, right, all season? Probably. Well, I don't know. I mean, what if they get off well, the we'll see. I mean, if, if, if Steph gets hurt or something, right, then obviously that changes everything. But yeah, say that again. I don't know. Yeah, I really don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. It, will it go up or will it go down? Um, I still think they're going to be decent. Uh, I would want to look to see how their schedule looks when everything is revealed. Is it front loaded with tough battles? Are they going to open up against some teams where it can be Steph against the world and they'll still win? That's a little bit that can go into it uh, as well. But yeah, you want me to pause the recording so you can go make the bet and we can (laughs) pick back up again? No, no, no. I'm not that degenerate, but thank you. Thank you for for, uh, leading into my gambling Sure. Yeah, man. I'm here to help. Uh, let me <laughs> let me do two more teams. They have the same odds right now on a lot of spots. The Utah Jazz and the Denver Nuggets. They're both sixteen to one, which to me is interesting, uh, but also not that far behind Golden State, right? Would you expect a little bit of a bigger opening between the Warriors and uh, two teams that really haven't sort of done it, so to speak, or players that have done it, right? Like you could make the argument the Clippers and the Lakers haven't done it. But LeBron and Kawhi have. So right. there's your evidence there. The Warriors have obviously done it recently. Denver, you know, they lost to Portland this year. Utah, yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously they pick on Paul George at times. Joe, <laughs> smoking Joe Ingles has his thing. Uh, and they got Mike Conley, which was nice, but they haven't really done it either. 
I, I kind of wish that these were closer to 20 to one, and then I might actually give them a pretty good look. Yeah, you know, I I have to admit, last year I took the, I think I took the Jazz at forty to one to win the whole thing, um, just to just to see how that played out. Obviously, it did not play out very well, <laughs> but uh, I thought it was a pretty good number at the time. Um, now they, I don't think I think it's too high. Yeah, yeah do they do they? You don't think they have the pieces to get past some of these juggernauts out west? Oh, they might. Um, I have to see them play together, like. Everyone's talking about this Conley fits perfect, but I want you to see him play for a while before I decide that. I think it'll so. be a pretty good fit. I still don't think it's enough to get by a, a Warriors, Clippers, or Lakers team at this point. I have Utah as my fourth best team in the Western Conference. Denver is my five right now. And this oh, interesting. Is not, okay. I should also clarify, a- this is not necessarily how they're going to finish in ranking because mm-hmm. I think you're going to see you're going to see Kawhi Leonard load management days. You're going to see LeBron load management days. So I don't know that the Clippers and the Lakers – are going to pile up wins the way that the over-under might suggest at some point. I think Utah will try to pile up wins. Denver, I think, is ripe for a slight regression after this mondo jump this year. Um, and I can't wait to talk to you, Neil, when the, when the season win total stuff comes out. That's going to be a lot of fun. So your par- these are your power rankings, basically. Effectively, yes. Yeah. Um, so do you have, uh, who do you have one? Clippers are one. Okay. Um, Lakers are two. I agree, actually, with the betting odds on this one. Yeah. Um, I have I have the Warriors ahead of the Bucks in my own uh. personal power rankings. Again, not for final season win total because the Warriors are not going to be at full strength until March. But at full strength, basically day one of the playoffs, this is how this is my ranking: Clippers, right. Lakers, Warriors, Bucks, Sixers. Jazz, and I don't think any teams beyond that actually have a legit shot at the championship. Sorry, Denver. Sorry, I just. Um, oh, really? You don't think Denver has a legit, legit shot? I don't. No, I, I like oh. the Jeremy Grant pickup. Really good addition at the power forward spot. He can play behind Millsap. They could potentially play together if they really wanted to. Probably won't. Um, I don't. Unless all the pieces suddenly come back together, Denver to me is a superstar away. They need Oh wow, that far, huh? They okay. need a they need a perimeter player that they can trust more than Jamal Murray because he was so wildly inconsistent in their playoff run this year. And he the team was very much an as he goes, they go kind of thing. So if he got hot in the playoffs, they might be able to put together a pretty good stretch. But like if you look at the Denver Nuggets wins and losses in the postseason, and I think they had two seven game series in a row, if I if memory serves. Uh, it was almost like a direct one-to-one correlation. If he shot poorly, they lost. If he shot well, they won. And then there were like two games where he was okay, and they split them. <laughs> they are all Jamal Murray, because in the postseason, you need a guy that can create. And Jokic is more, he's more of a pass-first guy. I think that's always how he's going to be. He's awesome, uh, but I don't think he's the guy that's going to lead them when you need someone to play-make in a playoff setting. Um Utah has that guy in Donovan Mitchell, who is also fairly inconsistent. Uh, But from an athleticism standpoint, I feel like we can probably agree Mitchell, his athleticism is better than Jamal Murray, right? Or am I wrong? Mitchell, yeah, yeah. I think you're totally right about that. Just Um, just from the ability I I had one more team on here that I think you might laugh at me, who I think has a legit shot. Oh, my God. Who else is on your list? Oh, my God. You're going to think I'm crazy. Don't say Toronto. No, definitely not Toronto. I'm looking at the list. Houston? Not Houston. Who the hell's left? Brooklyn? Boston? San Antonio Spurs. Oh, get out of here, Neil. (laughs) (laughs) I know you're going to say I'm crazy. 66 to 1, by the way, is their current odds. uh, I, I I think they have a shot. Anyway, that's that, that's what to win the <laughs> title or to to go over whatever their season win total number is because you well, know I'm course, always I'm taking, taking I'm taking their over yeah over, always because I know it's gonna be but I honestly think in, a, in a, when when there's not a consensus favorite this team can compete against anyone oh I don't know man you don't you don't you don't like uh, their backcourt now with um Dejan- really oh Dejounte Murray being healthy again. Yeah, yes, that's exactly. That's helpful, but dude doesn't have any offensive game yet unless he added a lot. I guess he could have. I mean, he's been out for a while. I don't know what he's – I have no idea what his game is anymore. Uh, mm, Derek White man. is going to be better. Nah, yep. man. Jacob, Jacob Puddle is going to be better. 
<laughs> Old Jacob Puddles. Yeah, I, I, I remember reading the, my children's books. Jacob, <laughs> Jacob Puddles goes to the basketball arena. I'm not. I'm not. I don't think Aldridge is past his prime or DeRozan. I, I just and I love. I love that system. I love Popovich. I'm just not going to rule him out yet. I think Lamarcus Aldridge is past his prime. Fair enough. But that's not. That's not even why I'm fading this team. First of all, Lamarcus Aldridge is. Uh, oh, almost happy birthday. He'll be 34 in 11 days. Doesn't that? I mean, all right. Sorry. I know we're all older than Lamarcus Aldridge, but 34 is generally past NBA prime. Uh. The Spurs. I didn't see it last season, though. I'll say that. Did you see him coming down last season? The no, I guess not. I mean, but the Spurs also were not very good. <laughs> it's not like you're hurting your back trying to save this. No, I, I, I'm bending. I'm bending and I'm lifting here. Um, no, it's just not. He's not a guy that can carry a team in the playoffs, and we know Demar Derozan can't. There's legit evidence that he can't command a playoff team. I get no. Oh, I, yeah. All right. They're they're a first round yeah. exit for me, man. They're like the seven seed coming in and and number two. Oh my god. I, okay. The I two, think they're so improved from next last year. I think they're going to be a much better team. We'll see. Yeah, but look, I feel like a lot of these other teams improved more. I think. Oh no, yeah, I agree. I don't think they're like a title contender. I just think. Of teams I can totally rule out, I would not rule them out just yet. All right, lightning round before we wrap up today's podcast. Yep. The entire Western Conference, uh, you and I are going to say, we'll, we'll trade off, I guess. Did the team get better, worse, or stay the same? And we'll just go through the way the rankings were last year. The Golden State Warriors got worse. Yes. The Denver Nuggets stayed the same to me. Yeah, but are you doing from uh, win totals or just... Um, no, just general, like, feel... Gym. Oh, got it. Yeah. Okay, yeah, same. we can go win totals too. Maybe that's a better way to do it. We'll say Denver Nuggets down for me in win totals. What about you? Yes, down. Portland Trailblazers, I'll let you go first on this one. Oh, decrease. Yeah, I'm down on that one. Houston Rockets, yeah. they were 53 and 29. Down. I'm going to say exactly the same. They're going to stay the same for me, but I would lean down if I had to pick one or the other. The Jazz, 50 and 32. Oh, improve. Yeah, very slightly improved for me. I think there's going to be an overreaction on the number, and I think it's going to be more like 52, 53, 54, something in that range. It's not going to be like 60 and 22. Uh, I don't think it's even going to be 55, but yeah, up. (laughs) Here's an easy one. Thunder. (laughs) (laughs) I need the Price is Right music on that one. Spurs, 48 and 34. 60 wins. 60? Oh. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, I just wanted uh, to be more silly. No, but obviously I think they're uh, going to win about 50 games. Actually. Yeah, slightly slightly better as well. Uh, Clippers, yeah. 48 and 34. That's an easy one. Right. Yeah. Maybe 60 wins. We'll see. Kings, 39 and 43 last year. Uh, I mean, they're the same, but their players are getting improving. So I'd just say they're a better team. I don't know if they make the playoffs, though. I'm going to say same because, like you said, I think they get a tiny bit better, but I think too many teams also got better either faster, more, or the same, and so it's just like they didn't they didn't gain ground fast enough. Lakers, 37 and 45. That's a pretty easy one. Right. Uh, Timberwolves, 36 and 46. Yikes. They're in trouble. Do you think it goes down or do you think it stays the same? I think I'm going to go same on this one. I, I have to see how they look in the preseason, but I'd probably say down. I only go same because I'm hoping Rob Covington is healthy and plays for them all oh, year. Oh, my God. I totally forgot about Robert Covington. But Never I don't mind. know. I mean, we've heard rumors yeah. that they're trying to move him. So, like, if they dump Covington, then way down. <laughs> we saw what they were like without him to play defense. If uh, Covington's healthy, I would say up, actually. I forgot about him. Sorry. Grizzlies, 33-49 and 49 last year. Well, I think they're down. I yeah. agree. Down. Pelicans, 33-49 and 49 last year. They've got to go up. You think? I'm going to say same. It's hard. Okay. It's hard to win more than 33 games in the West. Yeah, Conference. you're right. It's going to be competitive. I just, uh, well, we'll see. We'll see. Mavericks, also 33 and 49. Yeah, I'd have to take up. Yeah, you you kind of have to because of the Porzingis and Luka stuff, but also like the guys around them are not proven on that team. Um, I'm going to say same or even maybe slightly down. I think. Oh, might, wow. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, I don't believe that those two guys can carry a team just yet. 
Phoenix Suns, 19 and 63. God, I hope you say up. <laughs> I don't, I say same. Uh, I know. I think I might get them to like 21 or 22 wins this yeah, year. Yeah, I, I really hope up. their win total is under 20, so I can, I bet them over. All right, so we just went through all those things, and we basically agreed on everything. Um, uh, Dallas, Dallas, at what yeah. point would you, I mean, if they were like a 30, wow, what do you, I think their win total is going to be close to 40, don't you think? I think it's going to be too high. I'm probably going to yeah. be under. Yeah. Um. So we both have the Clippers, Lakers, Spurs making the playoffs. Jazz, Nuggets, all five of those teams. Are they in in the Western Conference right now for you? Wait, say it again. I uh, think I Nuggets, sure Nuggets, Jazz, Clippers, Lakers, and Spurs. Rockets. Yes. Is six. Yes. Are those? I mean, barring massive injury, those six teams are sort of in, right? Did you say Warriors or not? No, I didn't even say them. Oh my god, you didn't even say Golden State. So that's already at seven because I think they're definitely in. Who um, the hell is that eight seed? Oh, it's got to be the Spurs. <laughs> we already said the Spurs. They can't play twice. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. You said. Oh wait. So San Antonio Clippers, Lakers, Utah, Houston, Trailblazer. By the way, of all the current playoff teams, I got rid of the Thunder and the Trailblazers. Okay. We moved I agree the Lake. We moved the Lakers in. And yes. that leaves us without the eight seed. Is it the Blazers? It's either the Blazers or maybe the it's the Blazers. Isn't I, it? I want. To, I really want it to be the Kings, but it probably won't be the Kings. There you go, Sacramento Kings. You heard it. I, I'm editing it in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who would All you right. want to be in there? I mean, don't you think just to, just, just for their just to shake it up, just to shake it up, and they're actually a functional uh, uh, team now. Yeah, I mean they're they're actually a solid run team. Phoenix so. Suns, Ricky Rubio led Phoenix Suns. The, <laughs> well, the eight yeah, hey, I'll give you 150 to one, Dan, if you want to put that down. Done. <laughs> Take my money, good sir. I <laughs> uh, can't wait until the season win totals are out. That's going to be a, a wing ding. Neil, do you know who you have with you on Thursday this week? I never do. Nope, I didn't. TBD, uh, Neil, and two <laughs> and old TBD. He is he is excellent and he is so reliable. This is Fantasy NBA Today, a hoop ball and Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee presentation. Tomorrow I'll be talking to the great Brandon Marcus on his Clippers. Oh boy, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to try to reel him in, reel him in a little bit. It's gonna be a fun one. We have a big announcement coming up on tomorrow's podcast as well. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, Neil, ah, I love you, man. Always a pleasure. Yes, thanks, Dan. <laughs> you didn't call uh, anything stupid, did you? Oh. No, I didn't. No, but save it. I yeah, yeah I, I'll save it for next week. Yeah, we'll go double whammy next week. Have a great <laughs> have, a, have a great Tuesday, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This has been a hoop ball presentation.